The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdell. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Mike Cogdell. Mike, we got a special guest today, but before we get to uh, get to him, we got to know what's been happening with the weather and the panhandle. Good old panhandle. Grayson just mentioned here before we went on air that they got down to 30. Well, we actually hit last week with that cold front, I think our... With wind chill and humidity, it was 18 degrees. So, yeah, of course, I got nervous being in a new house, not knowing about pipes and things. So I pulled the, as I just alluded to, Chris, to you a moment ago, I, I pulled the old uh, let it drip uh, in my faucet in two different places. And sidebar, I was at a basketball game, and all these people were really concerned. That's all they talked about was pipes because a lot of these people are Floridians, right? And this is my daughter's game. Anyway, short story long, is I go, just turn the pipes. Just let your water drip in a couple places. You won't freeze your pipes. And they're all like, that's an old wives' tale. I know we're going to go out and wrap them with like um, golf towels and duct tape. And I said, well, have fun. But trust me, I've been in 40 degree below weather and it works. <laughs> if the water's moving, it won't freeze. So we're just now looking at rain, gentlemen. And then I don't know. For us, brings this right around the corner. So everything is good here. How about you? What's going on in Kentucky? Well, I tell you what, uh, I can trump both you guys. We were uh, below zero for a couple of nights. And for an ex-Floridian, that is way too cold. We got snow. Good news, it warmed up and I can see my yard again. So to your point, it's just wet, 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 wet. But I'll take the warm. It's going to be 60 degrees today. So I'm happier in a pig and slop, which slop is kind of the, the key word for our yards these days. Oh, I hear you, my friend. But you know what? Water's water. We'll take water. You know, we we have a climate crisis, gentlemen, so we'll take the water anywhere we can get it and just go forward. We talk about weather every single time now, Chris, for around 100 episodes. And you know what? One thing we both know, and Grayson, who's just joined us and I've known for a while, gentlemen, I don't think we can change it much. But anyway, that's just one man's opinion. So let's talk about it, disability insurance today. So, Mike, would you be so kind to introduce Grayson to our audience? Yes, Chris. I, Grayson, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no sweat. Uh, yeah, Grayson and I met, I don't remember, maybe five years ago. It was right before COVID. Actually, it wasn't it, Grayson? As a matter of fact, I think I might have been the first COVID guy. <laughs> That's when we met. Uh, Grayson was living in Baltimore area, and I was still in the Baltimore area. Or actually, I was in Colorado, and he joined DI Broker, and I'll let him tell what he's doing in a minute. But yeah, and we go back, and he's um, gone into the brokerage business, um, now lives in uh, Savannah, Georgia, which is just a gorgeous city. I had the opportunity to have a, a couple of beers and watch a football game with him over Thanksgiving, which was really fun. Grayson's um, one of these wonderful, what I call, Chris, no no offense, Grayson, younger people in our business. And that is just phenomenal to have somebody that's not AARP eligible just yet to be in our business. And he's very, very motivated about running a wonderful brokerage shop and doing some other things interesting in the world of disability insurance. So with that, Chris, um, I'd like to introduce Grayson Owen, a dear friend and a colleague, and uh, away we go. So Grayson, welcome to the show. Thank you all very much for having me. Um, 
definitely a fan of the show and, and longtime listener since episode one. So uh, uh, very honored to be here. Well, Grayson, we're glad to have you. We got I'm really looking forward to our conversation. But before we get started, why don't you give us a brief background of Grayson Owens? Yep, absolutely, Chris. So um started in the wholesale disability business back at the end of 2019 when I was afforded an incredible opportunity to join DI Broker East. But the decade preceding that, I was actually on the broker side, started out in the business really in the, on the, focusing on life insurance and long-term care and eventually getting into advanced markets planning and then evolving into uh, more of an employee benefits focused broker. Um, and during my time on the employee benefits side of the business, that's really where I found my passion for DI. I had an employee at one of the companies that I did the group benefits for go out on a long-term claim. And that was an eye-opening experience for me and began my journey into my focus from about 2016 until I became a wholesaler in 2019 to focusing solely on uh, individual disability insurance and paving my way um, in, in that side of the business as my as my sole focus for the remainder of my career. So Grayson, what was it like to get into the DI Brokers business and then not too long after that COVID hit, which changed so many things. So what was it like during that kind of startup period and, and getting through all the crap that was going on with COVID? That's a great question, Chris. So um, as, as Mike had mentioned uh, in the uh, introduction there, he actually, uh, I was living in, in the uh, D.C. area, Northern Virginia, and he visited from Colorado to help train me and uh, did a ride along for a few days. And we went to a conference together. And during that time, um, you know, I really got a glimpse in how wholesaling works. You know, you visit brokers offices, a handful of them a day. Um, you also, you know, go out to lunch and all those things. and not more than a month or two later, Chris, that's when the whole world shut down. And so at that point in time, there was a lot of uncertainty. And one of the things that I had to figure out and figure out very quickly was, how do I maintain a presence and grow a business completely virtual for the, the foreseeable future? We didn't know when things were going to get lifted. Obviously, everyone was always hopeful, but we didn't know when. So I did have to figure out a way to still stay in front of my broker relationships and advisor relationships so that, you know, they remember to talk about individual disability insurance. And then at the same time, how do I grow a presence online through LinkedIn, through email, through Zoom to be able to cultivate new relationships and build a practice so that when we come out of the other side of the COVID lockdowns or whatever was going to happen, that I still had a, a practice that was thriving and, and that I'd be ready to hit the ground running. To that point, I spent a considerable amount of time making connections online, leveraging LinkedIn, also asking for referrals, something that I learned a lot about as a broker. Um, I, I transitioned that over to the wholesale side. And for my uh, really good broker relationships, I would pick up the phone and say, hey, do you have any other colleagues that I could speak with or industry peers that you would uh, you wouldn't mind introducing me to. So during COVID, I had to lean into those channels, which might not have been my primary focus if COVID hadn't happened. Right. But because of that, I had to adapt and evolve. 
So you mentioned LinkedIn, and I know you're very active on LinkedIn. So Grayson, are you doing anything else on social media? If so, you know, what is it and what kind of successes have you seen? My main focus on, on LinkedIn is providing content uh, for brokers and advisors and planting the seed for little ideas so that hopefully they can take those. And when they're having conversations with their clients, they remember to bring up the importance of individual disability insurance. So that's the main purpose. I kind of go about it in, in two different ways. One would be putting together some type of case studies or, or practice management tips. And then I also have a video series that's completely separate called DI Discussions. And I generally will post short clips of, of DI Discussions on LinkedIn, and the full videos are also on YouTube. And those videos are a mixture of interviews with industry experts, and then also just short videos of tips for, on, on products and different strategies using individual disability insurance or executive DI or disability buyout insurance. Um, so it's been a very interesting experience. It took a lot for me to get to the point where I felt comfortable hitting the post button as often as I do. But once I got pushed off the ledge and feel, feel comfortable doing that, it's been pretty eye-opening to see the response. I do get messages and incoming phone calls from brokers and advisors fairly consistently. And, and these are brokers and advisors I've never met before that just need some help or guidance on how to have these conversations or where to go to get help with case design or access to certain products. So I, I truly believe that our industry just needs to continue to message the importance of individual disability insurance and that brokers and advisors just need to be reminded to have these conversations. And ultimately, the clients want help with this type of coverage. They just need to be informed. That's the bottom line. So, Grayson, I had curiosity, and Mike kind of alluded to this before regarding, you know, you're, you're one of the younger uh, successful people in this industry. Do you find when you're posting on LinkedIn that these messages that you're getting and or the reach out, are they coming from younger advisors or is it all over the board? Great question, Chris. I would say that most of the advisors that are engaging off of LinkedIn and actually reaching out to me tend to probably be uh, below the age of 50. Though I have had some outreach at conferences from a, a variety of ages. So I would say it's all over the place. Okay, great. And, and Grayson, speaking of conferences, I know you're speaking at a conference and, and woe is you, obviously. You got to go to Puerto Rico for a conference. Tell us about the conference and what you're going to be speaking about at the conference. Absolutely. So I have an incredible opportunity to be part of a panel discussion on non-medical um, employee benefits, where I will be serving as the panel expert on executive disability insurance programs. This conference is really unique in the insurance and employee benefits industry. It's the third annual U-Powered uh, Symposium. And what makes it really unique is that a lot of competitors, quote unquote, are actually coming together that that are um, experts, disruptors and innovators in the employee benefits marketplace. A lot of them focusing on uh, innovative self-funded health insurance programs. And what's really unique about it is even though technically some of them may be competitors, they get together and 
collaboration is really the main characteristic of the event. And it's really like no other industry event that I've ever been to. So when I was able to accept this honor of being part of a panel, super exciting and um, really even more exciting that they are allowing me to share executive disability programs and how they work and and so that all these advisors and benefits consultants can go back to their clients and hopefully have this conversation with them. So really looking forward to being part of that event. And it does not hurt that it's in sunny Puerto Rico. So I will also be getting a nice vacation out of it. That's awesome. Hey, make sure you post the uh, results on your on LinkedIn so we can see how it went. Will do. Absolutely. Hey, um, Mike, I know you're chopping it a bit to ask Grayson some questions, so I'm going to turn it over to you for some probably some DI-specific questions. Oh, Chris, absolutely. First of all, Grayson, when the the veil of COVID lifted, did you get right back out into the street and start making eye contact with the people that, I know it's all over the country, but anybody that was within your realm as far as geography goes, did you go and see them? So. The response after COVID was all across the board. I would say some advisors and brokers were very excited to get back out there, go to happy hours, do events, do lunch meetings, those types of things. And then there's been a lot of relationships that I met early on in starting my practice that have become 100% virtual and have been very candid in saying, hey, I just prefer a virtual relationship with wholesalers, and, and that's how it goes. So my practice now is probably a 50-50 split between advisors and wholesale or advisors and brokers that I'm visiting in person fairly often, and the other 50% are completely virtual. Routinely, when you when you're talking to people, which you know, you you you've listened to pretty much all of our podcasts, you know me pretty well. How often do you find that a broker, his or herself, does not even own this product that we're discussing here this morning? Great question, Mike. So actually, when I interviewed you on on DI discussions uh, a year and a half ago or so, you said something very important, which was you've got to own it on yourself. I try to do a really good job bringing that up to advisors. and. It is pretty shocking um, in certain segments of our industry to find out that the brokers and advisors that are telling clients that they need to do this, or maybe they're not doing that enough, actually don't have adequate levels of coverage on themselves. So if there is, if there are brokers and advisors listening to this, I would urge you to, to consider making sure you have comprehensive coverage on yourself. That is the best way to confidently and effectively communicate that to your clients because you already own it on yourself. You can share with your clients, hey, I have coverage and this is why. And it will hopefully resonate with your clients so they can say, hey, I probably need to do that as well and come up with their own reasons why. That being said, when you're talking to people, because it's regardless of being visual or face-to-face, Another question that I have is, is what are, and I'll call them what I think they are, what are the insincere objections that you constantly get? What's the number one as to why somebody doesn't sell income protection? It would probably be a tie between I have coverage through work, I'm okay, or this looks expensive. 
I would say those two are, are probably tied. And so whenever, if a broker and advisor tells me that that's where the conversation's going, then I usually say, hey, we need to take a step back here and we need to talk to the client, not about premium price or, you know, what are all the mechanics of the group plan that they might have at work. It's more about, hey, if you woke up today and you're totally disabled and you're not coming back to work for an extended period of time, where does the money come from to maintain your lifestyle? I want to know that answer right then and there. If there's not readily available assets because they're very, they have the financial means already available, then insurance needs to be part of that conversation because that is the likely place for most working Americans to, to get dollars to come in the door to maintain their lifestyle if a total disability occurs. So that's usually what I do whenever I hear the conversation going down that path. I like to try to take a step back and say, hey, if you woke up today and you're totally disabled, where does the money come from to maintain your lifestyle for you and your family? And really quick, what's the typical answer? Most clients, if they actually go through that process, they'll say, well, I only have these retirement accounts or my 401k through work. I have some money in savings, but I don't think it would last longer than a month or two. I guess I do need to consider some insurance. Let's see what that looks like. That's exactly what we hear almost all the time is, you know, I, I think you would agree that people try to figure out the easy way out of what we call a very simple question. You know, it's kind of a, well, I don't know what I would do. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, but they just try to find, and it's okay. Most of us do that. You try to find the easy way out of, you know what, let's go on to the next conversation. That being said, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk briefly about something you and I talked about since before the holidays, um, all the way up till just recently. And we've had a few good conversations about you being an expert and the brokers that you deal with that don't do it. And I think you know where I'm going here. So let's, let's elaborate for a minute on this whole broker broker concept and where you personally are taking that. For those listening to this, you know, the broker broker concept is really there to help brokers and advisors who don't specialize in disability currently and maybe don't ever want to, but they know that this is an important conversation to have and they want their clients taken care of. And I think over the last, um, I've only been in the business since January 2010, but certainly from what I've heard over the last several decades, there's been a shift in how financial services firms and insurance firms are set up. And in the career agency system, there used to be you know, a DI specialist or two. So if somebody needed help with, with DI, they could joint work with that internal firm specialist. And a lot of that has kind of gone away. And um, a lot of people are going out on their own, especially in the wealth management side. But the problem of having unprotected income still exists with clients. There's just less specialists out there. So what I've done to adapt to that and to help my brokers and advisors be more comprehensive in their planning and services that they offer to their clients is that not only can we be a wholesaler where brokers and advisors can come from a product wholesale standpoint, but I can also assist in 
the uh, new business side as well with that broker. So if they do not want to present solutions to the client or they just don't want to take the application, um, I have the ability to actually go on the application with the broker and help facilitate the conversation and make sure the new business process is as seamless as, as possible. With that said, I do not ever sell directly to consumers at all. This is always done working jointly with a broker. And what I found is that a lot of the brokers and advisors that I serve are in the advanced planning life insurance space. They are wealth managers at RIAs or they're in the employee benefits market. There are a lot of moving parts and products and services that they have to be really dialed in on to help their clients. And so there are so many nuances in the individual disability space that sometimes they just don't have the bandwidth to focus there. So that's why I've kind of created this additional platform to serve those brokers and advisors. And currently, thank you for that. And currently, let's just uh, discuss briefly the uh, what I like to call the 800-pound gorilla in the room comp. Have you ever had issues with that? Because you, I, and Chris all know that you can um, you can work that out so many ways. But is there ever any issue about how comp will ultimately work when you're working in the broker-broker market specifically? Not at all. I think that, like you said, it can always be worked out. I think you have to look at it through the lens of if you don't want to get into the weeds of learning this product and solution and you want a partner to come in and make sure your clients are taken care of, then I think the comp discussion goes pretty easily. Now, quickly going forward, because you haven't done this for a long time, what successes are you finding in the broker-broker market for you specifically with various brokers of yours? The most successful relationships are those that there's two, there's kind of two paths here. So the first path is there's I'm working with a broker who's already a product specialist of some kind that's not BI, and they literally have a method for just doing email introductions, and that's it. And and literally, I keep them um, updated along the way. So that's option one. Option two is I have a lot of advisors that want to learn this process, but they need some handholding and want to joint work the cases. So they are actually actively involved in the conversation with the client where they're setting up the, the meetings and, and we're jointly having those conversations. Um, so I'm fine working with brokers and advisors in either way, whatever helps their practice and their clients. Um, but those seem to be the most common and successful ways that I've engaged in broker-broker uh, relationships. And that being said, when, when a broker gets confident finally and, and says they can do it on their own, I would guess, as we'll call you a coach for a moment, that's probably not a better feeling in the world, correct? That like you can set them free. One, they're never going to leave you, right? And two is they can go out and do it on their own. It's a wonderful feeling. And I actually tell most of the brokers and advisors when starting out in some type of broker-broker relationship that my goal is to get you to the point where you're confident and comfortable in, in doing this work yourself and then shifting you back to a wholesale brokerage relationship only. So that's that is a path for a lot of my broker broker relationships that I um, that, that I aim to uh, get to. One okay. last question really quick here. And we'll, 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 we'll end 
this question is fairly simple. So what do you see the future? This is 2024. And, you know, we all know time goes by fairly quickly. We're already almost at the end of January. What do you see the future of this industry? And what does it look like to you? Not just today, but going down the road. I mean, we both know products are very similar to what they were when Chris and I started. And we'll call that in the, in the 80s. Um, what do you see the future of this industry? I think that there's two main things that I I feel passionate about in the direction of this business. One is I'm very excited to see there are a lot of uh, my peers or competitors in the business in my generation, and that's growing. And I think that's wonderful. And and you know we we were all at the International DI Society conference in Portland, Maine, um, in October last year. And you could feel that there, I thought. And it's really great that even my peers or competitors in the industry were pretty open about our businesses and, and always want to hear, you know, what each other are doing out there to find success. So I think that that's really great. From a product standpoint, I think that there's two things going on. The broker-broker style relationship with with advisors out there is, I believe, the the way of the future in many ways. I think there we're certainly seeing, even though I would love to have more and more brokers specializing in this product, it seems that the broker-broker concept is really gaining a lot of traction. And so I think that we're going to see that really grow over the next five to 10 years. And then this, the last thing that I'll bring up is, and that you guys have talked about in recent episodes is where the GSI market is going. I think it was you, Mike, who brought it up that I believe that right now we have, you know, in the corporate disability space, there's group and there's GSI, which is individual disability insurance. And I think that at some point there's going to be a shift to some type of product that's in between those from a comp and maybe product design standpoint. And so I'm interested to see how our industry is going to adapt if the things do evolve in that direction. Um, so those are kind of uh, my thoughts for the future. I couldn't agree more. And I'd like to thank you this morning for taking the time. I know you have a youngster at home, still very young because you're a new father, fairly new. Congratulations. And uh, really, again, would like to thank you for uh, joining us this morning. Chris, what do you got? I just want to make sure that Grayson gives everybody his contact information in case somebody wants to reach out to him. Thanks a lot, Chris. Yes, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Grayson Owen, and then my email is Grayson, G-R-A-Y-S-O-N dot Owen, O-W-E-N at D-I-BrokerEast.com. Thank you all very much for having me. It's It's been an honor. Grayson, it was great having you. Thanks for your time today.